0: Must be out of your goddamn mind. Joe Lewis, the greatest boxer he ever lived. I'll be with you boys in a minute. He was bad in Captain Clay. He bad in Sugar Ray. He bad in that, Who that you the new boy had? Mike, Mike Tyson looked like a bulldog. He batted him too. He done whipped Mike Tyson there. He whipped all their asses. What about Rocky Marciano? Oh, there they go. There they go. Every time I start talking about boxing, a white man got to pull Rocky Marciano out their ass. That's the one. That's day one. Rocky Marciano. Rocky Marciano. Let me tell you something wonderful. Rocky Marciano was good. But compared to Joe Louis, Rocky Marciano ain't shit. He bit Joe Louis ass. That's right. He did whoop Joe Lewis' ass. Joe Louis was 75 years old when he fought. I don't know how old he was, but he got it ass whoop. Joe Louis had come out of retirement to fight Rocky Marciano. The man was 76 years old. Joe Lewis always lied about his age. He lied about his age all the time. One time Frank Sinatra comes out here and sat down in this chair. And I said, Frank, you hang out with Joe Lewis just between me and you. How old is Joe Lewis? You know what Frank told me? He said, hey, Joe Lewis 137 years old. 137 years old. Oh, man, you ain't never meet no Frank Sinatra. Fuck you. Fuck you and fuck you. Who's next?
1: Sunday afternoon recording for Dude and a Monkey. Uh, This is episode 49. Uh, My name is Ian Loring and as always, I am joined by Uh, Matt Foster. Hello, folks. Yes, 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 indeed. Um, So, on the first semi-regular show of um, 2014, even though we're actually starting a marathon next week, which we'll get into later in, in terms of details. Um, yeah, we're going to be reviewing uh, Hot Oscar and BAFTA bovera 12 Years a Slave, um, Stephen Queen's new film starring uh, Jotel Ejiofor. Uh We'll also be uh, doing some One Old, One New and some t- tw- uh, Twitter, Twitter questions and, uh, the, you know, the usual stuff. Um dude and monkey at gmail.com at dude and monkey at ian loring and at dude foz on twitter uh mark have you got anything to uh to say or uh, no not
2: not not really it's been a it's been a very fast week this this past week hmm. it seems to have just kind of flown by in a haze of, of going back to work
1: yes yeah too right um it, it did go very fast um I do apologise if I'm sounding slightly um, out of it today. Um, if we recorded yesterday, I would have been absolutely fine. But the, uh, the kid was a, a bit of a terror last night. So I'm running on about four hours sleep, three and a half, four. So uh, I'm full of the joys of spring today. So apologies. Um, but yeah, let's uh, let's let's move on straight into it then. Uh, Mark, have you actually watched any trailers this week? I,
2: I watched one trailer. Um, okay. Uh, it was for the Jason Bateman written and directed film Bad Words. Oh yeah.
1: Okay. Um,
2: which looks like a Jason Bateman film. Um, you know, he, he occasionally pulls out the odd um, surprise uh, comedy hit with things like um, I was. Uh, I will freely admit I really enjoyed uh, the change up with uh, Ryan Reynolds Uh, I got enough humour out of horrible bosses to make it worth watching and I absolutely despised Identity Thief Uh, I, i I've always been a, a Bateman fan, uh, so I'll no doubt watch it, but it won't be something I'll be, be rushing to the cinema to see. Uh, other than that, not really caught much new, really. It, it's, it seems to be a lot of the, the old stuff. I think with it being the start of the new year and everyone uh, more worried about the awards season, etc., I think we, we've had most of the big trailers. I think it, we'll have a couple of weeks where there'll be not a lot sort of filtering through.
1: Yeah, I think it'll probably be like March, April time before we start getting big, big, big pardon me, big, 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 big trailers mm. um, again. But, um, I mean, I, I watched one this week also, which was just a short Red Band teaser for Dead Snow 2, Red vs. Dead, um, which actually looks kind of interesting It um it doesn't actually look like it's just going to be kind of like a reprise of the first one which would have been very easy to do uh instead it kind of looks like they're going into slightly evil dead 2 trilogy with like a possessed body part um so uh you know why not um it actually looked kind of fun i'm not a massive fan of dead snow uh, the original but this looks this looks all right i'll watch it no problem you know it's just one of those really um but yeah so that's it in terms of trailers then okay um, <laughs> Fucking hell, right. Okay, so let's uh, let's get into the um, main review then. So we'll have a clip from Steve McQueen's 12 Years a Slave, and we will we'll get straight into it.
0: I want to ask you what part of the country you come from. I originate from Canada. I guess where that is. Oh, I know where Canada is. I've been there myself. Well traveled for a slave. Solomon Northup is an expert player on the violin. I was born a free man. Lived with my family in New York. Be good for your mother. Until the day I was deceived. To Solomon. Kidnapped. Sold into slavery. Well boy, how you feel now? My name is Solomon Loth. I'm a free man. And you have no right whatsoever to detain me. You're no free man. You're nothing but a Georgia runaway. Went down to the river Jordan. And that servant that don't obey his Lord shall be beaten with many stripes. Hill. That's scripture. The condition of your laborers. It's all wrong. they my property. You say that with pride. I say it as fact. Speak! Man does how he pleases with his property. You come here. Master I say come here! Days ago, I was with my family in my home. Now you tell me all is lost. If you want to survive, do and say as little as possible. My soul in Well, I don't want to survive. I, a year when I want to live. live. Oh, I thought you knowed something. I did as instructed. There's something wrong. It's wrong with the instruction. Master bought you here to work. Anymore, I'll earn you a hundred lashes. I know what it like to be the object of Master's lashes. No. In his own time, good Lord, I'll manage them all. I will survive. I will not fall into despair. I will keep myself hardy till freedom is opportunity.
1: Yeah. Okay, so that was a clip from *12 Years a Slave*. As I said, directed by Steve McQueen, starring Diotalevi for Michael Fassbender, um, Benedict Cumberbatch, Paul Giamatti, Lupita Nyong'o. Uh, my apologies for obviously pronouncing that wrong, and uh, many, many, many others. Uh, Yeah, so based on the real-life story of Solomon uh, Northrup, who was sold into slavery, uh, even though he was actually a free man and spends 12 years, surprisingly, being a slave. uh, Mark, you've literally just finished watching this. Uh, What did you think of 12 Years a Slave?
2: I I literally have. I I finished watching it um, about 10 minutes ago. Um, it's there's been there's there's a lot of of, of, of praise being thrown around uh, for Twelve Years a Slave, and I think because a lot of there's, there's so much praise going about for it, there seems to almost um, be a, a bit of a backlash already kind of starting about it. Um, I I found Twelve Years a Slave to be an, an incredibly um, uncomfortable a uh, but quite moving film to watch um, it is a a horror film in the in the way of not being a horror film but it is quite horrific it is at points quite disturbing to watch I thoroughly fall into the category of, of where I think it, it might just be um, a a bona fide masterpiece and incredibly shaken still um, over quite how well uh, it is executed. Uh, it is an incredible story um, that's been told by a director who is without a question, three for three for me, um, but also a director who uh, uh, manages to craft it with such a an understanding um, of not only the, the subject and the, the relevance and the power of the subject, but also there's no, there's no finger pointing. There's no, there's no anger um, within within the film. Um, it's very much a, this is the story. This is how horrible the story is. He's not. He's trying to get across the the story of this man, uh, without kind of, without really. Um, it's difficult to explain, I think, but without. Kind of try to ram um, the horror down your throat in a way. He's it, it, showing you as it happened, uh, and it's, it it really is. Um, it, it's an incredibly well managed piece of cinema.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, i, I agree with uh, I agree with those sentiments. I I certainly think Steve McQueen's free for free. Um, it is my least favorite of his films for uh, for a couple of reasons. We'll get into, but yeah, I. I I found it. I mean, it was interesting. You know, um, when Django Unchained came out, some critics of that film were saying that it was making um, making light of slavery, and I, I I certainly don't think so. I mean, like that film is basically it is a kind of a super hero origin film in the guy in in the the trappings of slavery. Um, but I think that's just as respectful as Twelve Years a Slave is as well. It's just they've they've got kind of different purposes in mind. Yeah,
2: I, I 12... totally agree with that. I think I think the there has been quite a bit of 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 that. I I actually saw a tweet. Sorry to jump in here. Just it just it, yeah, it, no, no, it's no, this. I saw a tweet of somebody um, the other day saying. Uh, that watching 12 Years of Slave has made them actually kind of dislike Django and Chain because this shows the real horrors of slavery and Django and Chain kind of poked fun at it. I, I, I felt a little bit like they're, they're two very different films that happen to have a basis in the same subject. It'd be like comparing this to Blazing Saddles. Um, sure. just because they have the same grounding and they have the same subjects doesn't mean they're both trying to convey um, exactly the same message they are trying to convey a, a message but I think to throw parity against, against the two of them it, it is a little bit they're very different in their sentiments
1: mm. yeah I mean one thing you couldn't call 12 Years a Slave is, is entertaining I yeah,
2: think. Cr- yes without um, question
1: you know yeah um but yeah I, I I find it it was interesting you kind of brought up horror because I think there is a lot there is a fair bit of psychological horror on on show here I mean you have got the more kind of the graphic stuff with um, you know um, the, the the whipping of the the woman kind of late on in the film yeah. but I mean you've also got just the, like solomon uh, the, the way that we're not re- we're not filled in on what exactly happened at first but it's like there's a cut and then suddenly solomon's like in chains yeah uh you know and it's it's quite surprising it's quite surprising I, I wasn't expecting it to just like cut straight to that and then it, it kind of puts you in the in the kind of the, the the cold open what the fuck kind of mindset that 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 character is in yeah. when he wakes himself wakes up and finds himself in that situation um yeah and i mean it's i mean it's obviously incredibly well performed i mean steve mcqueen is is obviously an actor's director he he obviously gets actors to trust him given some of the stuff that they they have to do in this Mm. i mean it's certainly michael fassbender as you've never seen him before i think that's fair to say um i i i yeah i mean the one well, I've got two key complaints that keep it from being a five out of five for me and kept it off, um, you know, from not really troubling my, my top ten of the year that we, we went into last week. Um, my first is the casting of Brad Pitt, um, which I felt very uncomfortable with. I, I, I'm sure it wasn't intended, but producer Brad Pitt becoming the white man who in two scenes saves Solomon yeah I, I, I will I will agree
2: I I, I did think um, during his first scene of it did think mm, you did the producer it's your production company and you're also the one of the shining beacons
1: yeah I mean I I in the end of the day I'm sure he did it basically because it might have gotten the film more attention. It turns yeah. out he didn't really need him, but it might have gotten the film more attention. I absolutely understand why he was in it. And also, I mean, like that character in the end of the day, if that character was actually there, if he was the one who actually like did it, then, you know, that's that's absolutely fair enough. It's hard to criticise real life. Mm. But I thought I just having Brad Pitt in that role, I thought was a misstep. And it's not even because of the acting, it's just because he's Brad Pitt. You know, it, it you 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 can you can believe him in killing me soft, uh, killing them softly. You can believe him in the assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford. You know, I I just it felt weird and kind of clunky that bang here's Brad Pitt and he's the one white man who's talking about. He
2: he is the only. Uh, cause, I mean, this is a this is a a with lot of character actors within it that that crop up and are there for you know, minutes, um, some of them. Um, he is the the one kind of, you know, proper superstar um, in it, yeah. certainly. You know, I mean, Fassbender, I think he is possibly um, a household name, but not to the level of, of, of Pitt, certainly. He's, he's a film geek, film actor.
1: Yeah no yeah absolutely I mean like give give him a few years and you know he might be getting there but um, I mean mean, yeah no absolutely Um, but I mean Pitt is a is a very small part of the film Mm. he's probably on screen for less than ten minutes and and it's well over two hours long so you know fair play I will also just say before we like get into the positives because I would very much like to um, Hans Zimmer's score which I. Genuinely thought it was just like he took some like temp like some temp music he he used for Inception and just stuck it in there. And Hans Zimmer's style is, it's very noticeable. You know, you you always notice a Hans Zimmer score, and I felt it was a little bit close to hand holding with how you're supposed to feel at times
2: i can certainly see that yeah i can certainly yeah I, I can i can definitely see how that could could come across
1: yeah i mean like if you had someone like i don't know Alexander Desplat or something like that who's just a you know he's a bit more subtle with it you know then i it, it, I, I mean the thing is the, the rest of the film is so good and he's so subtle and he's so mature that it it does it does feel like a misstep but then again i mean like if you're steve mcqueen it's your third film and you know han zimmer says yes to scoring your film it you know it it would be a hard thing to say no it just it gives it it gives the film a sense of hollywood filmmaking which the majority of the rest of the film brad pitt aside it doesn't really have Mm. And uh, that 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 was a shame for me. But I mean, you know, saying all that, I mean, Jurotalejfer is magnificent.
2: Yes, he is. He's a he's he's been a very good actor for years. That's never really had that role that's kind of showcased him to a, a, a large audience, and, and this very much does. He's. He's very, very good in it and and never overblown. There's always, I think, the control that that McQueen certainly seems to bring to his film, where he doesn't want um, overblown theatrics. He wants everything to flow in an incredibly naturalistic way, and and that's what you get uh, with this performance. You've got a character who's very torn between um, survival and. Uh, And his his own will to work out how he gets out of this. Um, It's a very, very controlled performance.
1: Yeah, I mean, I thought it was interesting as well in the in the Benedict Cumberbatch section. How, like, frankly, if he had just stayed with Benedict Cumberbatch's character all the time, you kind of get the feeling he probably wouldn't. He almost wouldn't be as bothered about going home. like I'm sure he would want to, but there's it's a weird sense of peace that he finds in that section, despite the fact that Cumberbatch's character, as kind of on the face of it, nice as he is, is pathetic and weak in his own way because he's happy to go along with the slavery thing, even though he obviously seems to know in his bones that it is wrong. Yeah,
2: it, it, it seems like he'd... You imagine that had he stayed with um, um, Cumberbatch, um that he'd have probably grown comfortable enough to explain his situation to him. I mean, over it, years. Um,
1: well, well, I mean, like he, it, I, I got the impression that, I mean, like, frankly, that like Cumberbatch's character knew but, but, that yeah. he was he wasn't originally a slave, almost. Or it was certainly that something dodgy was going on, but he just. He's in this society, and there's no there's no way of breaking out of it. I mean, Brad Pitt's character it's very much stated that he is an outsider. He's come from a different part of the country. A different country. Oh, there! yeah, oh, he was from Canada. Totally, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. you get
2: the feeling as well that that it, it, it's quite obvious that it means, um Solomon does kind of take on and try and you know uh, the um the idea of, of somebody else he does take on the idea that he must pretend that he's not an educated man and etc to as a survival tool um and he does take on that but it it does seem like it's quite obvious to not only um the rest of the uh, the, the the slaves that he works with uh, but also his perceived masters Do click early on that this isn't just that he has more that he's clearly uh, educated to some level.
1: Mm. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, And I mean, it just I also thought it was kind of brave of the film that I mean, okay, it's it's an adaptation of 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 an existing book, but that it didn't try to really take the wider trying to abolish slavery thing up really like the fact that it was the story of one One man man, yeah and that brings complex stuff in itself like that the one shot where he's riding away like to right at the back end of the film you know and just like his realization that yes and i mean i thought it was brave as well that like he doesn't seem to say anything like can we take these people as well or anything like that he knows the situation and in a way in a way there's a kind of like in his face there is a kind of a, a guilty kind of almost like cumberbatch's character of like the you know having to take advantage of the situation for his for his own benefit you know the fact that he doesn't rock the boat he does he does go out and yes okay in in the future as the title card says at the end he you know he did work at it but you know, I think the temptation could have been there from other filmmakers to maybe have him have a major confrontation with Fassbender's character, yeah. you know, and, and maybe save some of the other slaves, but they don't. It, it's Fassbender's character just having completely impotent anger, being left, yeah, it, you know, it, and and being defeated. Yeah, you know, it's it's very clever. It's,
2: it's very much McQueen has taken the. I'm not. I've not read the book, um, so I don't know. If there were, if there are differences, or if I'm just speaking completely crap. But um, it does seem like uh, McQueen has gone, right, I, I'm going to tell this man's story. and am not, and this man's story happens to be about slavery. Uh, yeah. And that he like said that reached the other world. But it's the same as we, you know, you know essentially how he has fallen into slavery but like you said earlier the queen the urge to put that into it uh, and to put him being you know how how he ended up in those chains because i'm guessing it's not in the book because solomon doesn't recall what happened i mean it, it's safe to assume that he was probably sold by Scoot McNary and the other guy. Yeah. It's yeah. safe to assume that, but Solomon doesn't actually know that. So I'm guessing it's probably not in the book.
1: I mean, it appears they got him absolutely hammered, maybe spiked his drink or something. And then, cause I mean, they, they do, they do say that they brought, prosec- they tried to bring a prosecution against those two guys yeah. and the person who, who I believe bought him like originally uh, off of them. So there, there must be, but like the exact circumstances, yeah, it, they're not, not, there, not but... explored. Yeah, um, and yeah. yeah. And you
2: see, it's those moments. Um, McQueen seems very, very sort of stuck to the fact that he wants to tell this story, and he, and almost like he, like he's kind of saying, if I venture away from this story and I insert other bits to to maybe put across my point more or to or, or to to hit. You know, home. more, then, what I'm actually doing is, is I'm belittling this story um, by adding other bits into it. So yeah. it, it is that, and I mean, it, it's a powerful enough story. You know, as as is. I mean, the film is the film's very good, and you know, it's two and a bit hours long. The film is very good, and it, it builds up very well. But the film really comes alive, like Really alive. Um, in that first scene with with Fassbender, um, that's the film. It, it, it's very good. It's very interesting. It's got you all the way up. And you know, there's there's some great bits uh, when he's um, with coming back, You know, the the altercation with Paul Dano is very good, where he gets that release of you know where he stands up for himself uh, as if you know he was you know Solomon. That was Solomon reacting, not Platt reacting. Uh, yeah. um, to that um essentially bullying uh, and Paul dano is very good at playing those those simper-y characters the you know those quite weak willed and quite weak looking and, and, and bullies really he's, yeah he's, he's yeah. very good at that and that's a very a, a very good scene uh it, it it really it's that that starts to build up and then you 've got the cumberbatch like you say the, the cowardice of him you know I can't stop this man from killing you. The only way I can do it is if I trade you to this guy, who, I will be honest, you know, this is this is the only way to save you. You're not gonna have a great life, but you'll at least be alive. Yeah. Uh, and then 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 Fassbender arrives, and he's just a, a horrible, horrendous character. Um, but um, Fassbender just absolutely. For somebody who is, you know, that affable uh, as a person uh, and that charismatic as a person, and you know, we've seen interviews with Fastbender, He's a very, you know, he comes across as a very nice guy. To, for him to take on that, I think it 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 does show just quite how much of a talent uh, Fast Bender is.
1: Yeah, I mean, I wonder if he didn't have a pre-existing relationship with Steve McQueen, whether he would have taken that role as well, because it, it's.
2: It's horrible it, everywhere.
1: Yeah, it's a really, it is a horrible, horrible role, and and it's one of those rare ones where it feels like it's quite, it, it feels destined for like Oscar recognition, despite the fact that it's not very showy. Mm. It, it's just a very complete performance, which is really there on the screen, and it is very magnetic, but it's not overblown at all. No,
2: and it, it never, it never drops in this. There's is, this is a relentless. Um, Nastiness, and you get the idea. You know that this guy can snap. um, You know, over, over nothing. Um, And he's he's this quite overbearing, just character that's always there, and has this air of just ickiness to him. Um, He he delights, like you say, Cumberbatch's character um, very much seems to have this um, complete
1: he's is accepting
2: of the the time and that yes he's taking advantage of the slavery laws he doesn't doesn't like them but it it's it, it, it's part of of his life almost yeah. um but you get the idea that that the eps eps likes it, they're not people to have their their cattle he he actually outright says that and he will do with them what he will. They are there for him to exploit as workforce, or exploit as entertainment, or anything. And he enjoys this 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 power that he has over them.
1: Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. No. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. It's um. I mean, it's 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 pretty commanding. I mean, it's um. I don't know it's almost rare that you get to almost feeling like lead performances that are this strong from two men in one film. Yeah. You know, I suppose Fastbender is, is technically supporting, and I, I, I think that's fair. I mean, the yeah, Ejifa is the main character by a distance, but it yeah, I don't know, it just, it's it is a very, 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 very good film. I just, it's not up there with hunger and shame for me, but I, I like, and maybe it will be on rewatch, who knows?
2: Yeah, I think
1: it's,
2: I mean, there's a, there's a thing where I I, 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 I mean, that I got from this film is that and I've said it before, I think that a lot of people are quite are quite snippy about people um, proclaiming new films as being uh, you know, in their top ten of all time uh, and I think it's a, lot, a lot of time that's because it's 12 Years a Slave, I, I, I'm not saying it's in my top ten of all time uh, what I'm seeing, I, I've seen a lot of people mention it's one of the best films they've ever seen yeah. And there's been a lot of sort of scoffing at that. Um, now, 12 Years a Slave, it, you Slave, know, it's only just come out. It's not stood that test of time. But there are certain films where you watch now, and then if you watch in 10 years' time, they're like, making Magnificent now, and you watch in 10 years' time, and they lose some of that punch. They lose some of that that magnetism that makes them magnificent. I even think that 12 Years of Slave is the sort of film where the more you watch it, the more you're going to. Get out of it, but it's not a film that you would want to watch very often, really. Yeah, it's. Um, I mean, the coming to the the, the the standout scene in the entire film is the um, the scene where, um, what's she called, uh, Patsy, Patsy. Uh, where she comes back from Shaw's plantation um, and fastbender essentially. Loses it with her. Um, mm. I mean, that is, it, it, and that is an incredibly difficult uh, scene to watch. Um, it is um, that is, a, it, it's a properly horrific scene to watch. And McQueen, there's no, there's no cuts in it. It's all a camera moving around. And the camera moves and that's to keep you there and to keep you within it and to keep you bouncing and it it's amazing it, it, it seems like that will have that is that level of acting where to keep that that level of, of, of poise and tension and and nastiness and horror and everything there it, it, it shows again the control and i keep the word control the control and the the skill of not only McQueen but the you know you, the cinematographer uh, which was um, Sean, Bobbitt, Sean Bobbitt. Um, yeah. and and the and the actors um, t- to keep that level for that sheer amount of time certainly comes through um, within within the film it's it it, it really is uh, uh, one of the the, the the, the best scenes in cinema I've have seen in a, a long long time it, it 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 had me sort of physically um shaken during it. It, it, it and and Fassbender really does does sort of convey all all of that within himself it's it seems like he's he's it seems like the role of Fassbender where you get the feeling he's like you say his pre-existing relationship with Queen he's trusting McQueen. Has caused him to be able to go places with it, um, that maybe a lot of actors wouldn't have the, you don't know the word courage, but the the willing to do, um, yeah. and it, it, that's I think what separates very very good actors with that that next level of, of actors, and it, it, it's something where it wouldn't surprise if it took Fassbender... You know, a little bit of time to kind of come down from that.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it 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 feels like a very lived-in performance, and um, no, I mean, it's very impressive. I'm, i I, mean, I'm glad, I'm, I'm glad that the film as a whole had the effect it's obviously had on you. But it, well, um, you know, it, it's, it is, a, it is a really, really, really powerful film, and it's obviously a definitely not shit. I mean, mm. by a by a margin. Yeah,
2: yeah, it, it certainly. I think. When you look at the, the the level of people who crop up, um, you know, the characters that come, Scoot McNary, Cumberbatch isn't it, very long, Paul Dano, and then you've also got people like Paul Giamatti in there and Garrett Dillahunt, uh, Sarah Paulson, who is just horrible. It's yeah, so, yeah, you know, very okay. I mean, yeah. she's. There's, there's an argument to suggest that she's actually the worst person in this film. Sure. um and that is saying something by by far um yeah. and, and you know michael k williams is in it for seconds almost it, it it shows that this is a story that a lot of people wanted wanted to get oh. he, he's
1: the guy who's on the boat with yeah him, yeah? Yeah, yeah 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 um i mean
2: it it, it certainly is a, a, a definitely uh not shit from me um It's a it's an incredibly difficult film to watch and to take in. Um, I will just put out that I'll be surprised if this if this walks away with a lot of Academy Awards. Yeah, it, it's it's too close to the bone and it's too it, it's too real and it's too icky. For for that set, I think to acknowledge to that level.
1: Yeah, I think I think you might be right. It, it's going to get a lot of nom- nominations. Yeah. I think Joaquin Phoenix is going to get Best Actor. Um, but yeah, when it comes to Best Film, I mean, I think American Hustle and Gravity are both films that are very much more of that kind of that 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 you know, that mind that mindset. You know, the the, the kind of the. Prestige Hollywood film because that's the thing. I mean, like Twelve Years a Slave generally doesn't feel like a Hollywood film. No, um, I
2: mean, yeah, that, yeah. There's a, there's a couple of films. Um, there's you know Twelve Years a Slave, and there's the film we're going to review next week, um, yeah. which out, out of the films that we think are going to get nominated for um, Best Picture at the at the Academy Awards, um, they're the these are the two that I think will get nominated, but won't win because they're they're not Oscar films. They're not yeah, they're yeah. not the type of films. But I do think um, that they are on a level above um, Gravity, American Hustle, and, and a few of the other films. Certainly.
1: Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, I mean it's don't
2: get me wrong, Gravity and, and, and American Hustle are both very good films
1: yeah oh no 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 totally they are totally they are it just it, it's i don't know it's, um swings and roundabouts i think really completely different things mm-hmm. um but yeah 12 years of slave fair play uh both definitely not shits and uh we done yeah yeah that, that yeah there's there's and
2: it, it's one of those things where it's two and a half hours long but there's 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 only so much you can talk about without going over the other over saying things it's and actually I think it's an incredible movie.
1: Yeah, fair play. Fair play. I um I, I, I very, very much like it. I very much like it. Um okay, so let's uh let's have some promos, let's uh hear from some uh, people and podcasts that we like and then we will get into some one old, one new. Okay then, so it's time for some One Old One New, and Mark, would you like to start us off, sir?
2: Yes, uh, I, I will. I'm going to start us off with my One my one Old. Uh, in preparation for um, Martin Scorsese and DiCaprio's Wolf of Wall Street, I've decided to watch a few of the um, their other um, collaborations. Uh, I watched Just Before Christmas, I watched Gangs of New York, and then this week I watched The Aviator, um, which I... Only actually seen, and it is it as ten years old this year. I've only actually seen it twice, um, once in the cinema and then once on the day it came out on DVD. So it, it, it's like a it's it's a ten years since I've watched it, um, and it it's it one that I think I've always had a bit of a a bit of an issue with uh, in terms of. Um, I think, in my brain, I didn't like it as much as I actually did, so I sat down to rewatch watch it um, on Netflix UK, actually, um, and so I sat myself in and thought, right, here we go. Um, it's just shy of three hours. Um, let's give it a- another go, which is very strange to say for a Martin Scorsese film. Yeah. And then 20 minutes into it, I was very much of the opinion of, I actually really, really, really like this film. I don't know why it's taken me ten years to start watching it again. Um, It's it's very much, and we said the same thing about about Hugo um, before, where it's Martin Scorsese making a a film about a filmmaker and about Hollywood. And Martin Scorsese is is one of those filmmakers uh, and directors who actually also really loves cinema. Uh, you get the occasional directors who who love the art of making films but don't actually watch that many films. I mean, Werner Herzog, for instance, is an example, doesn't watch films. Um, where, as with Scorsese, he he loves it. It's, it is his absolute life. He fell in love with yeah. this, why he became a filmmaker. And this is... Um, him saying, look at this guy, look at this this complete maverick, this ridiculous person um, who, you know, was not only was, did he take on Hollywood, um, he also bedded half of it, while at the same time he built, you know, he, he, he was a, you know a master in the aviation field and did all these amazing things, and he did all of it whilst also fighting, you know, this debilitating mental illness, while also at the same time as well taking on the physicalness of the fact that he was almost in constant pain from the amount of times that he crashed a, a plane, um, yeah. and it's you know I, I for me I think this was this was more so than Gangs of New York. This was DiCaprio's um almost becoming the DiCaprio we have now um, where, you know, he's almost, you know, he's, he's almost untouchable in the level of, you know, he's he's striking that balance between being able to sell a film, be a movie star uh, without actually doing all of the, the movie star things and be an incredible, Screen presence. Um,
1: yeah, I mean it, it's it's crazy with DiCaprio as well because thinking about it, I mean Inception aside, he doesn't star in
2: blockbusters. He no, doesn't. He he he's he, Titanic. Obviously, he put, I mean, yeah. that was a, a, a very early role for him. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, but yeah, he he picks films he wants to be in. DiCaprio is never going to ever ever do a film for the money. He doesn't need uh, the money. But yeah. he's only ever going to cherry-pick films. Um, he doesn't make that many films either when you look at it. And he's, you know, he, he will be in a couple more Scorsese films. You know, Scorsese has toyed with the idea of a, a retirement, I think, in the past couple of years. Um, but he, 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 Scorsese seems like the kind of guy who... He'll go. Do you know what? I I I'm looking. i do retire and I'm you know I'm you know I'm getting to an age where maybe I can't do it. And then he'll make a film and go. Do you know what? I enjoyed this shit out of that. There's no way I'm retiring. And yeah. it, it'll be it'll be that process. He needs he needs to work to to go. If, if he stopped working, he'd go. I, what do I do now? You know he's been a filmmaker for nearly fifty years. Mm-hmm. Um. Like you said, and I think with this film, you know, DiCaprio really does take on the character of of, of Howard Hughes, and he takes on the you know, when we first meet Howard Hughes, he's this got, you know, DiCaprio's Hughes, he's got this bravado and this confidence, and this, you know, nothing's ever really made as well in the film of quite how smart he is. Um, it, it it's all. How confident he is, and, and and how much bravado he's got, and it's never they never mention the fact that he was an incredibly you know smart guy as well, but it's all about I want to do this, I want to do this, I want to take this on, I want to take this on, and gradually as the film goes on, you see um, Hughes do you know these you know the, the chronic um, compulsive disorder it, it it grows and it grows and it grows until he just breaks. And it it really is um, a much better film than I think it seems to get credit for. Whether or not it's just aged very well, uh, I don't know. Um, But you've got a a huge cast playing real, sort of recognisable names. Um, Kate Nexler's Ava Gardner is very good. I still have issues with... um, Kate Blanchett, Blanchett. Um, yeah, Catherine Hepburn because it's an impression yeah. it, it's not a yeah, yeah, yeah. it's an that's, impression of Catherine Hepburn fair enough, um, actually, in that one. And, yeah. and it is, she's she's too big for the film it, sure. it's too much of this and hello I'm Catherine Hepburn and, and this is how I stand and that's oh, all of this and it, it, you know, maybe it's supposed to be like that and there's a moment where um, Howard Hughes, DiCaprio Hughes says to her, you know stop acting and she says that she's not and he, he says do you even know the difference anymore yeah and maybe there's maybe that's the reason behind it which he, which is why I, I I sort of temper more towards it i i actually think Kate um, Blanchett is a very very good actor i just think that she just has this passion. i'm very much looking forward to watching blue jasmine um because a lot of the things I've seen Blanchett in recently have either been where she's played an overblown character on purpose, like when she's in Indiana Jones, or she's played somebody else, uh, where she's she's, she's played Katherine Hepburn, for instance. Um, and it, it just does feel a little bit too impressiony. Ian Holmes very good. Um, John C. Rye's great. Um, Alec Baldwin's as good as Alec Baldwin always is. Um but it's it's an incredibly watchable movie the aviator um you know it is just shy of three hours long um but it it zims by it it flies by it's very it's it's got that scorsese-ness of it where it's it's very funny at at moments like things like goodfellas is very funny at moments and casino has less but has those moments of slight levity um, you get that with, with the aviator but also it, it's very much um, Scorsese has made it to look like a film that would be made in the time that it's set you know it's got that look to it, it looks like a, a, you know a proper golden age Hollywood film and um, it's it really is. I was I was surprised at, at how much um, I I enjoyed it. You know this time round, and it made me think. You know why why does it take me ten years? It won't be another ten years before I watch this film again. Certainly, I could quite happily watch it tomorrow and still be as entertained as I was.
1: Nice. I need to rewatch that. Yeah, that it was.
2: It's I was surprised at how well it's 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 aged. Fair play. Nice. Go on then, hit us with your uh, first one old or one new. I'm just going to get a drink, if that's all right. Yeah, yeah,
1: no, it's fine. Cool, back in a sec, cheers. Okay, cool. Okay, so um, I'll, I'll deal with my one new first, uh, which the film is coming out in the uh, UK in a few weeks' time, uh, Out of the Furnace, which is... It's one of those awards season films that has basically been left by the wayside. Um, Directed by Scott Cooper, who directed Crazy Heart, which obviously got Jeff Bridges, his uh, best actor Oscar a a couple of years back. Uh, Stars Christian Bale, Woody Harrelson, uh, Casey Affleck and Willem Dafoe. So, you know, good, solid cast. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a kind of like, it's a recession tinged thriller about, um, Men having to do desperate things for money. And um, Woody Harrelson plays, um, uh, basically plays like a meth head drug dealer, kingpin guy up in the up in the like the kind of the winter's bone kind of feeling area um, who basically. Is absolutely mental. Um, And uh, the story is basically um, Casey. uh, Well, Christopher Bell's character, um, he is a good guy. Works in a steel mill, um, you know. tries to uh, tries to do the best. Um, has an unfortunate kind of like drunk hit, hit, um, uh, uh, vehicular accident for which he's jailed for a few years. Uh, he comes out and he finds that his brother's done a couple of tours of duty in the army, but now he, he can't get a job. Uh, well, doesn't really want to get a, like get a job in the steel mill. The mill. He doesn't want to be one of those people working for a living. So he decides to. Um, engage in underground fighting in a a kind of a ring led by woody harrelson's character and things go wrong basically so yeah um the thing is this is one of those films where i can see why it's been left by the wayside as i as i said and it really really puzzles me why this lot of cast and crew Pardon me. Were attracted to this story because it's very, very, very by the numbers in its narrative. It's very, very bland. And I mean, Scott Cooper's got a good directorial sense. I mean, he gets good performances out of all the actors. They're all absolutely solid. Um, and the 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 sense of place is is well done. And the kind of the the slight deconstruction of. Um, Bale's character as it as it goes on, like a good man who just can't really catch a break. I, it's it's you know it's all absolutely fine. It just there's not there's not a, even like a single second of inventiveness with what's actually being told. It all just kind of like the story just lays out there on the screen. Like you, anybody listening to this podcast. Uh, with a keen interest in films will know exactly what's going to happen and, and when it's going to happen you could basically lay the the plot beats out by clockwork you know, uh, yeah. 20 minutes in this is going to happen, an hour in this is going to happen, an hour and a half in this is going to happen, the last scene this is going to happen, it, it is like that um, and it, it kind of just feels like a bunch of Hollywood guys wanting to maybe get a bit gritty and a bit down and dirty but it just I, I, there's there's you know there's there's really nothing to it and i mean it's it, it is a shame because because of the the, the the cast and the crew i mean it's produced by leonardo dicaprio it's produced by his happy way production company yeah. it's produced by ridley scott it's, it's also produced by scott free i believe mm. so you know Really, really fucking high caliber people behind it, but it's a story that, frankly, feels like it's been told ten thousand times before. So there you go. Have you seen this?
2: I've not seen it, no. But it, it, it does um, strike very much of Scott Cooper has made one film uh, and is, you know, has acted in a number. You know, Crazy Heart. Let's be honest, was a was a good film. Uh, yeah. It wasn't a great film. Yeah. Um, it was. It was just. It, it, it got a lot of recognition because it was a very good performance by by Jeff Bridges, and there was a feeling where with Jeff Bridges is that it was very much his time, uh, yeah. and it was that that's why he, he got the the Academy Award, um, yeah. which you know I think does actually um, it's a very good performance, but you can. You can kind of almost look at that and say, you know, there is an argument to suggest there's some kind of truth in that. Um, but I, like you say, you know, I've not seen the film, uh, but I, I've heard a, a few people say the, the same thing, that it is very formulaic. Um, so it, it does strike that maybe the, the producers had more of a... Um, more sway in getting people like Bale, Harrelson, you know, well, more Bale and, and Affleck um, than, than than anybody else. You know, Harrelson crops up in a lot of strange films.
1: I mean, he's he's really good in it as well. I mean, his character is, like, utterly, utterly fucking evil, and that is that is played out well, and it, I mean, it feels absolutely appropriate. I mean, the performances are all good, and it does feel like everybody's committed. It just... I don't. I don't really see why. I
2: think Woody Harrelson's a, a strange guy. In the fact, I think because because he's Woody Harrelson and he's very he's he's recognizable as Woody Harrelson. Woody Harrelson's almost a character in itself. Sure. It, it's very easy with Woody Harrelson to to kind of miss the fact that he's actually a really good actor. You know, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. an Academy nominated actor, and it, it, every so often, you know. He, he seems to do films like uh, Zombieland, and he cropped up in Friends with Benefits and things like that. Um, you know, Seven Psychopaths, um, Now You See Me. He crops up in those. But then we also look back, you know, he does things like this, and he does like Rampart and The Messenger and, and films like that, where they've got, you know, No Country for All, many of in that, where there's a little bit more to them. Um, he's one of the actors where he does seem to be another sort of people versus Larry Flint away from people
1: going he's actually a
2: really good actor isn't he? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah Yeah, I I mean, and and the thing is, I mean, like, if this film had got more notice I think he might have been in the conversation in, in, in terms of in terms of awards and whatnot, frankly It just, um Yeah, I don't know, it's 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 fine, but that's the worst thing you can say about a film, I think. Yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah, The the, the two worst things you can say about a film. The dummy with faint praise is, yeah, it's good, it's alright, right. It's fine. And then there's the, a bit boring. That is literally the worst thing you can say about a film.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. It it just, I mean, yeah, that's the thing. It's, it... (sighs) That's, I, mean, I gave it two and a half hours on Letterbox and I think that says it all. Cool. So, uh, your one new... My,
2: my right one now. new, I didn't actually watch this week, as in this, you know, since we recorded, because uh, the new stuff I've watched is 12 Years a Slave, and the film we're going to cover next week. Um, yeah. So I'm going to go back a, a few more days, but then again... Um, I was probably going to save this film to talk about anyway because uh, there's a bit to talk about. I don't know you've seen it, and um, we would have covered it on the show, but um, we did our end of year show instead. So I want to talk about American Hustle. Sure. Um, because, like I say, I mean, we we would have probably covered this, wouldn't we? And it being. A, a yeah. Oh yeah. Like, yeah.
1: No. If it, if it wasn't the best of week, that would have been the main review. Yeah.
2: Of the show. Um So it, it, David O. Russell, it is. Um, his follow-up to his, his, his incredibly successful um, Silver Lines playbook, which was only last year. Um, and uh, American Hustle, they started you know started shooting, I think, in March of last year, and then it was out um, in, in December. That's an incredibly quick turnaround for a film that's, that's getting the buzz that it's getting. Uh, and it, it seems to have been a bit of a a bit of a divisive film. There's, there's many people saying that it's it's magnificent and it you know it deserves the awards, buds and then there's also a lot of people who who seem to have taken great great issue with it. Um I very much enjoyed um American Hustle. Um I, I I I had a lot of fun with it. I thought it was a great kind of caper film and it's very it's funny and the characters are all a, a bit mad and a very much sort of caricatures of of an era um to an extent and uh, it's a very overblown it, it seems like russell's having a lot of kind of this is a bit of a film for him and it, it it's him getting out a little bit of his eccentricities in it it's all about costumes and ridiculous hairdos and you know, very in, in, in a very intrusive soundtrack, and there's all these sort of things thrown in. And I, I my idea is that, that Russell more is more interested in you having fun with the story than the story actually sort of gripping you and got making you taking you one way then taking you another. Um, and you know, he he's almost said to these characters, "I want you to make them big. I want everything to be fucking turned up to." 11 in this movie, I want it to be I want to have that kind of you know, there is there is a lot of scorsese in this Um, and you know, there's there's certain I don't know the nods, but it it reminded me a little bit to an extent of of sort of Boogie Nights possibly just simply because of the eras they're both set in Um, you know, there, there could be that and it's not as sprawling a story as that, but I don't think he's trying to tell as sprawling a story as that, but you've got these, you know, very talented five actors on display in Bale, Cooper Adams, Renner and, uh, and Lawrence. Um, and I, I think they're all equally um, en- enjoyable uh, in the film. Bale, Bale seems to be, um, I don't know whether it, it, it's, he seems to be enjoying, in a way, the fact that he knows that he can go and do what he wants. He doesn't have... And I think he enjoyed being um, Bruce Wayne and being Batman, but he knows that he, he can go out and he can pile on a few pounds for this because he knows that he isn't going to have to, every 18 months, get back into Batman shape. Um and so you've got you've got that, and he's very good in it, and he's he's certainly kind of embodying the character. But for me, I, I think it's the two female um, performances in this that I got the most enjoyment out of. Adams is just magnificent, uh, mm. where she's playing this character where she seems to be manipulating everybody and controlling all the movements. Uh, and then you've got Jennifer Lawrence, who you know she just wants to be a part of it and all she's interested in is just fucking things up and seeing just enjoying the fallout of all the shit that happens because she doesn't think it's going to end up on her doorstep Um, I can see why people have, have issues with it Um, and if if this clears up uh, 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 in awards season I'll be a little bit like People have maybe been pulled along with the hype a little bit and have kind of been taken along for the ride, and it's more there's more hype there than there is actual substance of film. But I still had a lot of fun with American Hustle. I mean, what did you what, what did you take with American Hustle? Yeah,
1: I mean, it, it, it's kind of weird because it seems to have automatically been prescribed as just being one of this year's Oscar
2: Yeah, folks. when. There's an argument uh, to suggest it it, it it maybe isn't quite that yeah. good.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I, the thing is, I think it's almost like the, the the intent's not really there. It just seems to have fallen it, it, into that hole because of the um, uh, it, it, or that slot because of the, the the pedigree of the cast and crew. I mean, the, the, I I think it, it's caught some people out in just the fact that it's it's more interested in being entertaining mm. than it is in actually. Kind of saying something, and I think with Silver Linings Playbook that that film was entertaining, but it was it did also have like a serious yeah. point in mind. Whereas this, it's there are serious things to be said, but they're said entirely frothily. Yeah, it's, you know, it's very much. It's kind of like the film we're going to talk about next week in that respect. It's very much like um, this is a this is a comedy
2: drama. Uh, silver lions playbook was a drama comedy sure sure, sure sure, there is very much very much that i mean the, the joy of this film um it, it is it's it's indulgences and if you allow yourself to take on those indulgences of, of russell then it, it'll take you a, a lot further Uh, the the ridiculousness of the... um, There's so much attention given to costume, not only by the film, but by the characters themselves within the film. And, you know, the fact that so much is made of not only Bradley Cooper's hair, but Christian Bale's hair, by the characters within the film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a surface-level... They're surface-level people in very much a surface-level film. You know, that, that almost intentionally, you know, if you chip away that, there's not a lot there. But I don't think Russell's trying to give a lot there. I think he he just wants people to, to have fun with this. And, you know, if Russell's having fun with this is Amy Adams' glorious cleavage for, you know, two hours, and um, Jennifer Lawrence... Um, dancing while doing the cleaning then fuck it i'm all for that
1: yeah 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 no abs- absolutely i mean it, it, again i mean as you were saying if it d- does clean up at the, uh, the uh, all the awards i would be a little bit i i'm you know i'm fine with it getting nominated but to to win over something like 12 years a slave and to an extent to an extent something like gravity just in terms of the achievement
2: yeah i i, 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 I... That is it say, with Gravity, we said on the thing Gravity's is a good film. It's a very yeah. worthy film. But it's, it's almost trying too hard to be worthy. Whereas I don't think American yeah, Hustle. Yeah. And it wouldn't surprise me if American Hustle won Best Picture, if Daniel Russell went up, lifted up the award, and went, fucking
1: seriously? Really? Yeah I mean like uh, David O Russell apparently like in in the kind of like all the kind of the Oscar chatter and listening to podcasts and reading articles and whatnot he's apparently a director who really does want an Oscar oh, yeah. and he it, it does kind of feel like after the last few films that maybe he's due um you know with with the fighter and with with silver linings you know and now american hustle he's like he is free for free in terms of you know ha- ha, you know likely nominations to, to his films yeah. and I, I i wouldn't begrudge david o russell winning an oscar it's just winning an oscar for best director for american hustle in the same year that you've got 12 years a slave that you, you've got a uh, spoiler alert that you've got the wolf of Wall yeah. street even though that that film's not an oscar film either yeah but, uh yeah. It, it does feel Maybe even Spike Jones with her, even though I haven't seen her yet. But I mean, and maybe that films a bridge too far for Academy voters as well. But American Hustle does feel like a safe compromise choice.
2: Yeah, I'd certainly say that it's it's a lot more slight than um, than the publicity would have you believe it is. Yeah. Um, you know. There's not, there's not a great deal there, but I I thoroughly enjoyed what was there.
1: Um, yeah, I mean it is really entertaining. It's just like you say, there's not much to no, it. No, it,
2: it it's, it's one of those where it, if when other people have said that they didn't like it, I can absolutely see why. Uh, sure. I think part of their dislike um, can be taken from the fact that this isn't the film that it's saying it is it's you know what the film that the film is saying that it is the film the film saying it is but this isn't the film that the marketing would have you believe it is
1: yeah sure absolutely
2: cool what's your what's your one old for us this week then buddy uh
1: so yeah I'll go quick cuz you actually talked about it last week and I, I believe I said on the show that I, I, I was planning on rewatching it and I did indeed uh Pacific Rim yes uh so oh, it's the only rewatch I've done this week um and yeah i i don't have too much more to say about it really but it it is it 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 does exactly what it intends to do to to do does pacific rim it doesn't do anything more but it doesn't do anything less
2: is this your Uh, first time
1: watching it since cinema since yeah right cool it's it's a fantastically realized world i mean like the world building in it is fucking incredible um the, the 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 cinematography is insanely gorgeous. There's the whole film looks absolutely phenomenal, and I mean the 3D Blu-ray really does it justice. Um, I, the the action scenes are yes, they are robots hitting monsters, but you can see absolutely everything that's going on. They do it in interesting ter- terrain. Uh, the the way that they fight is done in interesting and very cool ways. And I mean, the, the plot people pick on the Rob Kaczynski Charlie Hunnam relationship, but I love the Charlie Hunnam-Rinko Kakuchi relationship the fact that it, it, it easily weirdly could either be a sexual tension thing or a more brother-sister thing and, and it, it gets away with that, I think is I think is wonderful um, and I mean just the, the idea of these two people these two people basically kind of getting a lease on their lives back through this incredibly trying situation is great. Um, I think I also mentioned last week that I love the way that it's not beholden to a franchise. Yeah. You know, if there was a sequel, great. If not, this film ends in a not even. I mean, there's not even there is not any sequel set up at all. No, it's, you it, know,
2: it, it's done. It's closed, but they could open it again with something
1: else. Yeah. But
2: there's no there's no unanswered questions.
1: I mean there's there's no even post credits like little wink or anything like that it literally by the end of the film
2: although I do, I do love the mid credits bit
1: yeah the mid credit bit the credits bit is great um yeah, yeah that is fantastic i you know spoiler alert for pacific rim you know at the end the the breach is closed the the earth is saved but i mean i also think there's um i mean like Berm uh, burn gorman who got a lot of shit as well um as like the uh the 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 kind of the comedy partner to charlie day's character I like the way that he is, but his character is basically just kind of referencing crotchety, crotchety old mad scientists mm. from films of years past, you know? I mean, yeah, yeah, exactly. And I mean, it's, it's, there's so much homage in this. And I mean, obviously there's a, a you know, an awful lot from Top Gun even, you know, that it, it's weird that people seem to have cherry picked the things they're going to say, oh, that's fucking stupid. That's just like st- stupid stuff from years gone by when, Most of the film is stuff from years gone by. It's just a mixture of them wrapped up in really, 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 really pretty packaging and fantastic world building. It just, it's, it's a really, really, really great time. And to be honest, I think it has gone up in my estimation. I'm not going to say I'm not going to say it's a five out of five film at all. Uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not. I I think there are weaknesses there, and the screenplay maybe could be a touch less simplistic in in areas. But it's a really fucking fun time, and it, along with Iron Man 3... But then again, also, after a second watch, Man of Steel, I think... 2013 wasn't a banner year for the blockbusters I, 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 to an extent the lone ranger as well which i am looking forward to a rewatch but i thought it was a i thought it was a solid enough year i just think that 2012 did kind of spoil us yeah um uh, but yeah pacific Rim is
2: it's great it is, isn't it it's is just a really great entertaining film i've said night's <laughs> blood fight last week so i had too much of that it, just in the fact that i I still maintain the thing with with blockbusters it is I just think people's expectations for them sometimes are are too much um, and expect to not only be entertained but not everything is going to give you something beyond pure entertainment.
1: Yeah, I I just it's it's still. And I, I kind of banged on about this at the time, but it still weirds me out that people were so gung ho for del, uh, Guillermo del Toro beforehand that they weren't ready. Like, a lot of people weren't ready for him to make a big fun aiming for the aiming for a broad audience blockbuster film is, and b- people kind of accusing it of not being what del Toro wanted to do it, it's, when it's it's utterly del Toro. Yeah,
2: it's, it's almost like... It, it, it's exactly the same complaints people had uh, about um, Hellboy and had about uh, Hellboy 2. And, it, it, it yeah. and to a extent Blade 2. It's it's almost like people, people don't get the fact that when that Del Toro when he goes you know, that he treats these as as two separate, you know, facets of of, of him working as a director. He has his, he has his Spanish language movies that he does and he has his Hollywood pictures that he does. But the same care, attention and love goes into both sets that he does. And they are both equally Del Toro films. Yeah. And with with Pacific Rim, it kind of makes you think, what what were people expecting? Yeah. You know, Del Toro has said nothing beyond, "I am making a film where giant robots fight monsters." That's it, and that's what he made.
1: That's the yeah, that's the thing. I mean, like, and his his next film, Crimson, Crimson Peak. It's a, it, you know, it's a ghost story with sexual elements, and I'm sure people will, will jizz all over that. Mm. You know, they'll be straight back to the, oh, I love Guillermo del Toro, and it just, it does feel like in a couple of years time, people are going to be like, oh, you know what, Pacific Rim was good all along. Mm. Yeah, it, it just, I, it, I don't know, it, it, it just, it's, I've had a bee in my bonnet about that ever since. If, um, we did a 35 millimeter heroes back in the day where we talked about the Pacific Rim trailer, and even then, like, I, I, I was. Getting quite angry, frankly, um, either Jordan or Noel or both of them, because um, I I can't remember who, if I'm honest, but uh, I I think it might have been Jordan, if I'm honest, saying that um, it it doesn't it it feel it, it didn't really feel like something that del Toro wants to do. It doesn't feel like del Toro. And it's like, well, you know, nobody nobody fucking forced del Toro. I'm sure he's got enough money that he could probably live quite comfortably, you know, for the rest of his life doing the odd thing or two and he'd be absolutely fine. You know, no one's forcing him to do Pacific Rim. And it just... It's Guillermo del Toro getting a budget of nearly $200 million and making a blockbuster. And, I mean, what's not to love about that?
2: Yeah. I mean, I I I, I said, I mean, on on this show, um, the the trailers, the early trailers for Pacific Rim did nothing for me at all. And it wasn't until I saw it... Before Man of Steel, interestingly enough, uh, I saw... A trailer on the big screen um, for it, and it was at that moment when I went, oh now I get it. Yeah, now yeah, yeah. I get it," and, and and that's what tipped me over. I mean, because I think um, it, it, when you discussed the trailer um, on Thirty Five Minutes I think Mike was on the show. Might well have been. And I had a discussion with Mike about the fact that the trailer just did nothing for me. Uh, with Mike about it, and, and his response was, "I don't see how it can do nothing for you." It looks fucking great. Um, and he referenced that conversation on, saying, I don't understand how, how I might get nothing out of, of, of that trailer. And then uh, once I saw it on the big screen, it was like, do you know what? I, I, I was completely wrong. Everyone else was right. This looks fucking great. Yeah. Yeah,
1: no, absolutely. so, I mean, that specific that's room. If you, if you don't like it, fair enough, but I think it's fantastic.
2: Yeah, me too.
1: Nice. So, um, that's it for One Old One New. It, it is a shorter show than usual, folks, and apologies for that. But um, I, I'll be honest with you, I'm slightly running on empty myself today. And, um, yeah, uh, you know, a normal service will resume next week. Before we get into Twitter questions, Mike, do you want to tell people what we're doing for our next marathon? Uh,
2: we are. Um, I mean, part of the reason why it's a shorter show as well is we we forgot to confirm with each other the, the marathon yeah. a little bit. I, I messaged Ian on... Friday was it? Friday afternoon. Yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah. Just to confirm, said, uh, did, did we confirm we're doing this marathon? And you were like, uh, I, I I don't think so, but I think we should. Uh, we're doing a Michael Cimino uh, marathon, aren't we? We're going to cover. Um, well, I'll, I'll I'll bring up his CV and we'll go through what we're going to cover.
1: Wh- which I want to call the uh, Chimonathon. Chimonathon, nice. Um, I mean,
2: Michael Cimino um, it is. Um, well, he's a very interesting character in terms of his films. He's made very few films, um, and his early films were, 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 you know, were very good. Started out as a writer, wrote, um, silent running a Magnum Force. Um, his first directorial film, *Thunderbolt Lightfoot*, is what we'll cover um, next week. Yeah, uh, and then we'll move into things like *The Day Hunter* um heaven's gate and then we'll decide on what our our last one will be um towards the end i mean the thing is is really after uh heaven's gate he only really made um four five films since then um, and some of them quite simply just not worth talking about uh so we'll we'll definitely be covering um, thunderbolt and lightfoot next week uh, and then the day hunt at heaven's gate and we'll decide in between then Possibly the next one or two that we, that we will cover. Nice.
1: Uh,
2: so so that's what we're going to be covering. Um, so after Thunderbolt and Lightfoot, we've we've got the three-hour <laughs> day Hunter to yep. to fit in, and then we've got Heaven's Gate to fit in, which yep. is the director's cut, which is two hundred nineteen minutes long.
1: <laughs> Fuck's sake. Yeah. Cool.
2: Uh, which. I, which I know Ian will, will, will let will I can't see you getting an opportunity to watch that in one sitting, buddy.
1: That's going to be done in like three or four. Yeah. You know, at, the, at the least three. Um,
2: I'm lucky in the fact that my uh, wife is uh, away on a training course for two weeks from not next week, the week after. Um, so I'll be watching it then. So I will literally nice. have nothing to do from when I get home till when I go to nice. bed. So I might even watch it all in one sitting.
1: Wally in Gumbo. Um <laughs> uh, Cool. Uh Twitter question. So that's the that's the, the chimeno a chimeno chimeno Chimino chim chimino a fond. Chimino a f I know that. <laughs> ah well we'll get through it. So uh and that's uh, gonna be starting next week, first marathon in twenty fourteen. So um we've only uh, as far as I can tell, we've only got one Twitter question. Yes. Uh, but it is Glenn T. Chapman who uh, says, what do you think of the He Got Game sequel rumours? What would you like to see from it? Uh, Apparently Ray Allen was pictured with a uh, Jesus Shuttleworth jersey this week and uh, Spike Lee is apparently keen.
2: Yeah, I've I've seen um, bits about this, that that this is going to, this is something that Spike Lee is going to try and get off the ground. Um, Spike Lee um, needs desperately um, a hit yeah. um, desperately I've not seen Old Boy um, I'm I'm still I'm going in with, with an open mind um, I, I don't expect it to be better than the original the original is magnificent but if I get uh, a trashy revenge movie out of the Old Boy remake I'll be I'll be quite happy sure. um, but it, it, it bombed let's be honest
1: um, oh, it did terribly. Um, terribly.
2: And you know, he's—it's it, it, a long time since since Inside Man. I mean, what is it, nine years um, since uh Spike Lee did Inside Man? Um, he's he's not had a, a couple of of hits on the bounce, or even a couple of hits over a few years. In you know, you know, you, you're coming up to two decades. Yeah. Really. You know, the last time he had he had consistency was probably Summer of Sam um, to Twenty Fifth Hour, uh, which is a couple of films over a four-year period. But he still managed to throw a few films that people just didn't watch in between that.
1: Yeah.
2: Maybe this is his chance to go back and go right. Um. I, I personally, I think that this is Spike Lee. Uh This has all been motivated by. Him, he knows that Denzel Washington is a big star. Denzel Washington yeah. yeah you yeah. know, you put Denzel Washington's face on a poster and you put Denzel Washington in a film, it you know you will get Denzel Washington people to go and see it, and there are a lot of them, you know. And, you know I, I I'm a huge Denzel Washington fan. He's a great screen presence and he makes great entertaining films. Two Guns, for instance. Hmm. Also, as well he can get the NBA crowd to go watch sure. it. So he's got almost a little bit of a built-in audience there. It's characters he knows already. He it, it, it doesn't need to create any backstory. All he's got to do is create a four-story. And it's almost as if he's looking back and going, how do I how do I get people to sit down and watch this film before I've actually fucking made this film? I think yeah. he thought he'd done that with old Boy. Um, and then he he, he he completely underestimated the fact that people nobody wanted a fucking old boy sequel. The reason why Spielberg didn't make an old boy sequel with Will Smith is because Ring, Sorry, yeah, um, is that he is that he's too savvy to do that. Yeah, he's thought shit. The problem is is I, there's already an existing great movie there, and I'm not gonna. I'm probably not gonna better that. And even if I do. People won't like to admit that I've bettered it, so I'm best off just sort of going. Do you know Leave what? It. No. Yeah. Uh, that's 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 a very it's a very cynical tact to take. Um, you know, if it gets made, I I hope it's good. You know, we we covered uh, he got game during our um Spike Lee marathon. Um, and we both enjoyed it. Um. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, if it gets made, I'll watch it. But I I, I do. Thoroughly believe nowadays that, that Spike Lee's ego has become bigger than Spike Lee, which is difficult because he's only like three foot two tall. Um, <laughs> his ego has become bigger than him, and um, I, I just don't think he's got it anymore.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I'd i be intrigued. I mean, like, I'd like to see if there are gen- genuine storytelling reasons. Mm. Um, I mean, like, I'm hoping it's not just like, jesus has got a kid and it's him dealing with the kid or something like that that could be kind of you know that could be kind of lame um and and even though then again so kind of so would a retread really if it was denzel washington wanting to reconnect with him um it could be
2: it could be be him getting out of prison
1: yeah exactly but um you know i i'd certainly watch it Mm. You know, um, but then again, I said I'd certainly watch the Old Boy remake and I didn't bother taking the time to go to the cinema to see that. So, uh, who knows? But, yeah, I, I, I'd be interested. I, I didn't love He Got Game, but I, I did enjoy my time with it. And, I, I, I yeah, Well, I, I'd be intrigued to see what would happen 20 years mm, on. I think the, the Old Boy remake, I think, goes on BOD this week.
2: Does it really? I think it does. I'm sure I saw something about that. On USB. What, well, okay.
1: uh, uh, USB od yeah, really? I,
2: so, oh, yeah. I might actually rent that. Um, yeah, I, I I'm in, in, intrigued. I'm still intrigued to see it. Um, but my, like say, my expectation has gone down to, I just want, I just want a trashy revenge movie now. Yeah. Oh, sorry, I'm just
1: trying to
2: see if it, it actually. It's ah, Yeah. So, I'm sure I, I saw somebody mentioned that it was, it was going out of VOD this week. No, there's nothing, there's nothing about it that I can see. We'll see. But once it goes on B will I'll I'll certainly be catching it.
1: Yeah, 100%. Um, just I'm gonna look here on the iTunes page for it. No, they they've got it to pre-order. I mean, is there a when it's actually coming out or? You in iTunes watch application? But yeah. Anyway, while I'm looking for this, so uh, yeah. So that that's it for Dude and the Monkey. Um, probably the shortest show we've ever had. Um, but you know, never mind. It was still well over an hour. So hey. Um, so next week we are going to be covering Martin Scorsese's three-hour um, black comedy epic, The Wolf of Wall Street. Uh, we will also be doing one old, one new. Um, will be uh, uh, I'm sure we'll be talking some trailers you know it, it should be back to a regular format next week and uh, hopefully I will be more awake for it cool um, and I still can't find when it's Never it's uh, okay, okay. I'm obviously, oh, obviously read
2: it as, as one it's nice
1: too oh fair enough then okay so uh, yeah so I'm sure we'll probably be talking about that in about a month's time then yeah uh, okay, so that's going to do it for this week. Uh, thank you very much for listening, folks. Hope you enjoyed. Um, uh, feedback, dudeandamonkey at gmail.com. Uh, you can tweet us at Ian Loring at dudefoss and at Dude And, a monkey. and uh, Mark, have you got anything else to say at all?
2: Uh, no, no. Just, like I say, looking forward to getting back into our regular regular showings. Uh, and I think we might have a doozy of a show next week for you. Um,
1: Oh, with Thunderbolt and Lightfoot as well, of course. Yeah,
2: you know, I I hope you enjoyed this show as
1: well. Yeah, nice one, guys. So, um, yeah, uh, back to normal length, I'm sure, next week. And uh, thanks very much. Bye-bye. Cool, cheers.